Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Rick Appleman, Pistol Pete Maravich, Ollie Johnson, Joey Devine, Bud Stallward, Bernie Fryer, Sean Keen, E. C. Coleman, Jim Barnett, Patreons, Lou Philip, thank you Lou, Irene McGee, thank you Irene, Julian Rodriguez, thank you Julian, musical guest, Fairview Baptist Church Marching Band, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine! Hi! It's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast. And we are back with a brand new episode. I am here with my very good friend, Sean Keen. Permanent co-host. Uh, best friend. Um, co-editor of the uh, new Round Blog Rock is that right? What are we calling it? Yeah, I think it's uh yeah, round blog not roundballrock.net, round blog uh rock, I guess. <laughs> Boy, I'm not that I didn't come strong with that answer at all, Joey. Um, uh yeah, yeah it, it's, it's live. live. Yeah. Uh Corbin's got a great uh, editor-in-chief Corbin A Smith has a great intro post up there. Uh Sean, you're going to write some stuff, right? I am. So we also have uh, an article from Casey Taylor uh, that is up right now. Um, yeah, well, there's going to be lots of good stuff. Uh, maybe some of your friends will appear. Who knows? Maybe we'll see some writing from a friend of Stan Van Gundy, a woman who was investigating a fire in Hagerstown. Uh, I won't I won't say who that was, but uh, that's a new beat. 
That is yeah. that is a new beat. <laughs> I did not know that that was uh, in this writer's purview. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, also, look, big things going on at Round Ball Rock. Uh, the t-shirt store's on sale, dude. In honor of the uh, in honor of the season starting, all of thir- all of Friday, uh, the t-shirts uh, the our merch is on sale at uh, the T Public link in the description of this episode. So get yourself some sick ass merch. I regret now, Sean. Uh, so we have Franklin and Batch Bash merch, right? We got Rizzoli and Isles merch. We got mm-hmm. the last ship merch. Mm-hmm. I think we need to get some alienist merch. You know, it was it. I didn't realize how strong it was coming on in the TNT lineup. It is this year's, dare I say it, Animal Kingdom. Oh, easily. Um, the difference I would say between the alienist and Animal Kingdom <laughs> is, uh, I am a lot more likely to watch the alienist than I am Animal Kingdom. I would say. What you don't want Ellen Barkin uh, snarling yeah, at you with Animal surf Kingdom, criminals? <laughs> Animal Kingdom seemed so unpleasant. At least the alienist. I'm like, yeah, okay, Dakota Fanning, like uh, chasing Jack the Ripper or whatever, right? Or with, something uh, with uh, Jason Statham's brother from the Fast and the Furious, right? Isn't that who that guy is? Oh, is that who it is? I don't know who it is. I just think of him as the guy in the Alienist commercials. Uh, oh, no. I don't even like. I don't ever think of it as a sh- as a real show you could watch. <laughs> <laughs> but I also felt that way about the Last Ship and Animal Kingdom. Yeah, it's Luke Evans and Daniel Bruhl. Daniel okay. Bruhl, you of course know as. Uh, the bad guy whose plan made no sense in uh, Avengers uh, Civil War. Civil War, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, the guy from Sokovia who yeah. <laughs> had a lot of, like, powers and training. Um, uh, and then, yeah, Luke Evans, which is uh, not Sebastian yeah. Shaw. What is, well, first off, he's Owen Dracula. Shaw. From, yeah, Owen Shaw. Uh, yeah, he's Dracula from Dracula Untold, of course. <laughs> and he um, he mu- he owns the longest runway in the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, uh-huh. And he's an alienist. Um, what I do like about, well, what I am going to say about the trailers to that show, we sh- we've been talking too long about the alienist, probably. We should save it for uh, next week's uh, episode of Fans of Fanning. <laughs> um, is... I remember last time they were showing commercials for The Alienist, uh, they were really hitting hard on Daniel Bruhl being the star. Um, and now uh-huh. all of the all of the uh, promos are, this is Dakota Fanning's show. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, good for Dakota, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she, I'm, she I'm, usurped The Alienist from, I think, The Alienist? <laughs> And I mean, I think she's, it's also more pleasant than having Ellen Barkin yell at you. Um, Also, remember And you know what else it's not doing? Uh, It's not hyping up that they've added Dennis Leary to the cast. That's also good. And there's also not like a random thong shot on the West Coast game promos. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Was that just because it was airing on the East Coast then? And they're like, we can get away with a thong. I mean, I, I'm... They should, this they... is a dirty surfer crime no, show. here's the thing, Sean. First off, 
don't be a prude. Um, uh-huh. But secondly, uh, it's cable. They could show a full-on asshole if they wanted. They just I, don't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm not objecting to that happening on the show. It surprises me to see it in a commercial. Yeah, I'm That's just saying. All. Look, I want. I want bottomless commercials. That's all I'm asking for. We gotta, from we now gotta on. leave the haze code in the past. That would be incredible. If just like out of nowhere, um, like what we do it what we do in the shadows just started showing dick all the time. Like, look, it's shows on at ten o'clock. What's the problem? Look, there's no reason to fucking Stop bleep. Funny. Look, I, I say this because I was actually thinking about it tonight. TN uh Ted Turner, you're a coward. Uh, because nothing makes me hate watching live sporting events more than when the sound cuts out for, like, way too long because a guy said shit when he too loud. Oh, right. And uh, it's just like, just do it, man. Like, uh, fucking Michelob Ultra is not gonna cut your ad revenue because Carmelo, because they heard Carmelo Anthony say fuck. <laughs> Yeah, that's the saddest thing. Like, like that's you wouldn't even get in trouble for it. The bleep is so long. It's so annoying. It's so long. There's no way a guy cursed that long. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like these guys are not in mid-season cursing condition anyway. They don't have their wind back. Let them curse in the bubble. I know mm-hmm. we're in, I know we're in Disney. And everything's got to be PG thirteen. Yeah, but let let me hear those fucks, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't wait. I can't wait to like this. This lands in TNT headquarters, and like a week from now, we get this commercial where Dakota Fanning's like, "Chuck the Ripper is a cocksucker," <laughs> and you're like, "Whoa, so sick." They went pretty far. <laughs> um. <laughs> Before we get started on our show, and look, I know we're ten minutes into this show, we haven't started. Look, well, also, if you have any alienist merch or fan art, just send yes. it to uh, uh, roundrockpod yeah, at gmail. It has. I we want an NBA alienist uh, crossover item that we can sell in our store. Uh-huh. <laughs> so send us some art, baby. <laughs> Maybe it's like a Dakota Wizard shirt, but it's Dakota Fanning. I don't. I, I'm don't just give them like, ideas. I want. Okay, sur- I want. Don't you know listen what? I'm not prompting anybody. You're right. Yeah. Hate your own. What what your heart tells you and is I, great Plus, alienist. I want it to be specific, specifically alienist. I don't want Dakota Fanning uh, merch. Oh, oh, right, right. <laughs> it's got to be Dakota Fanning, Emmy Cable Ace Award yeah, winning. I want fucking corsets and hoops, baby. <laughs> um... <laughs> also, we should bring back the Cable Ace Awards, even if it's just us giving them out. Uh... Only TNT shows are eligible. All right. Twitter.com <laughs> at roundrockpod. Uh, email us at roundrockpod at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash roundrockpod, where um, if you are a Patreon, you get basically uh, an episode basically every week. We, uh, you know, you're getting at least three a month. Um, but where, Sean, what are we doing on Patreon these days? Uh, well, we got that Discord server. Uh, no, but what are we doing on our bonus episodes? Oh, oh, well, uh, we have been reviewing the book 
Furious George it's by George It's the worst Carl. book ever written, and it's by it's George of, Carl. It is, uh, uh, it is an in, yeah, it is an insane attempt by uh, a so a fairly racist NBA for someone who's been an NBA coach. I understand he's not like racist compared to I don't know America. the average America, yeah. yeah, but but remarkably racist for an NBA coach mm-hmm. who had a job a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's a book written to like rehabilitate his image, just uh, reveling, just just luxuriating and bathing in every story about him being a gigantic asshole. But that it's exists. it's truly incredible because he never realizes he's the asshole in any situation. So, no. um, <laughs> uh, listen to that. Um, <laughs> oh, with with. Uh, Roundballrock.net editor-in-chief Corbin A. Smith. Yeah, of course. Uh, Who is, like, kind of more offended by George Carl even than us, and we hate him. Well, we've read the book before, though. That's Oh, that's right. That's right. It's newer for him. That's right. I'm just like, this old chestnut about George Carl uh, talking about how sexually he found a motorcycle, and Corbin's just like, that's gross! Um, (laughs) I mean, it is gross. It's just, you know... uh, (laughs) <laughs> it's your second sip of spoiled milk, basically, is what Joey and I are doing. Uh-huh. Yeah, email us at roundrockpod at gmail.com. Uh, call us on the phone at the number embedded in the uh, episode description. Just like, oh, you know what? Before we get to a voicemails, I want to ask you a question, Sean. Back to TNT yes. real quick. <laughs> oh, please. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, what do you think of the giant desk? Oh, I loved it so much. It was really funny. It's like, it's definitely more distancing than they needed to. Absolutely. Think, it's so I much more they, distancing. I think they I think they absolutely did it to, like, frustrate and entertain Chuck, uh-huh. specifically. Um, he and Shaq are so far away now. Because <laughs> um, they also have plexiglass, and it has made the, the very amazing trick of making Shaq almost seem normal sized Mm -hmm. that's the crazy thing to me he was also late today by the way yeah no Charles Barkley yelled at him Um, how did he not get to the first game on time I don't know man um, He's a cop. He can <laughs> speed whatever he wants. Where were you, Shaq? Well, maybe, well, I mean, maybe they were protesting his house, as they should be, because he's a dirty cop. All right. Um, <laughs> I love the giant desk, but here's the thing. Look, there are people out, out uh, in the... Um, we have some listeners in high places, right, Sean? Oh, we do. Um. If you're a blogger out there, I'm going to give you a free blog. Uh, someone needs to interview someone at TNT and get the exact specs of that desk. Oh, yeah. Like, that would be how tall is it? How long is it? All of it. Uh-huh. Uh, how they build it. Yeah. Like, uh, is it made of the same stuff as the old desk? Because it is uh, the old desk, but it's just like uh, triple sized. Uh huh. Um, Anyway, yeah, I want to read yeah, a blog would, about that desk. Can I can I bring up something else about inside <laughs> sure. the NBA real fast? Um, Is it that you so, you wrote in John Kasich and now you regret it? <laughs> I feel bad about uh, claiming that uh, on Twitter today. Ernie Johnson did not actually say that John Lewis was the John Kasich of the civil rights movement. <laughs> I made that up. I'm sorry to elevator Ernie Johnson for that. He did not say that. Um, 
But uh, Barkley asked Shaq what he would have on the back of his jersey. And Shaq said that he wouldn't have anything because he said, I move in silence. And said that he'd uh, just give his concerns to police chiefs directly. And then Chuck said he would only have his own name, too. But there were a lot of things we needed, including police reform, education reform, and prison reform. And when he said prison reform, Shaq goes, oh, I'd have that. <laughs> so so Shaquille O'Neal's jersey would say prison reform over number 34. Um, uh, speaking of the phone number in the uh, episode description, um, we got some calls. Uh, let's go to the phones, dude. Sean and Joey can't come to the phone right now, but luckily phones are the domains of me, a robot. If you know the extension of Tillman Fertita, please dial it now. Press 1 to have a single beer with Zach Lowe. Press 2 for Senegal-related inquiries. Press 3 for Movie Times read by Brooke Lopez. Press 33 to hear problematic things Bill Simmons wrote in the early 2000s. Press 0 at any time to leave a message for Sean and Joey. That's right, you two can leave a message for Sean and Joey, just dial 323-682-0342. Once again that number is, 323-682-0342, please give me a call, being a robot is a solitary road. Right, Sean. Um, our first call comes from uh, a man named Joe from Portland, uh, and he has a question about uh, rooting for two teams from the same city. Uh, here it goes. Hey guys, this is Joe from Portland, Oregon. Lived here my whole life. Big Blazers fan. I had a question for you. After hearing you talk about wanting to see the Clippers face the Lakers um, and their different fan bases. Like, why can't people in L.A. just be fans of both teams? If I lived in a team with a town with two uh, basketball teams, I'd be thrilled. I'd have twice as many teams to root for, and I'd want them both to do great. I guess maybe I'd have a preference when they play each other. But other than that, I'd want them both out there destroying everyone else. So I was curious if, you know, for your thoughts on this mentality where you, if you live in L.A., you got to pick one or the other. You can't just root for both. Thanks. Why can't you root for both teams? Um, well, I mean, I... You do. It's... I do root for both teams. That's yeah. the thing. Um, I think... I mean, I don't want to You don't root for ex- both Los Angeles teams. We need to be clear. You oh, root yeah, for yeah, both yeah. I, baseball teams and both in football the Bay teams, Area. sort of? Uh, kind of. I mean, I like... With the Raiders, I'm not invested in any way. So I'm not... I wouldn't say that I'm a fan of the Raiders because um, it generally does not really bother me when they lose. But I but I definitely enjoy it when they are good. I rooted for them in like the early 2000s. I just make fun of them so much and am like pretty mean about them. But I've like been to more Raiders games than 49er games. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably true about the A's and Giants, too. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm like legitimately an A's fan, right? Uh, like I root for the A's. I know who's on the team. Uh, 
I get my I, I get very disappointed every time they blow it. But in, when the Giants uh, play the playoffs. A's, you root for the Giants, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely have a clear preference. And, um, you know, I also um, – I don't know if I would have felt the same way except um, my mom's parents were like straight-up A's fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandpa was a cop in Oakland. Uh, his son was a big A's fan. And then they had like like two of their sons weirdly were Dodger fans, too. And I was just like, what? Well, I don't know where that comes from. But um, so I, you know, I would go to A's games when I was like six or seven. I went to the All-Star game and I didn't go to the All-Star game. I went to the All-Star workout the day before uh, when they did the home run derby at like one in the afternoon on a Monday. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a different time. Uh, yeah. So uh, I... I am pretty into uh, that. And yeah, I mean, you don't like the Giants. I fucking hate the Giants. Uh, Rooting for the Giants is a uh, uh, it shows loose morals. Uh, You're a bad person. And um... (laughs) but you're also you're you're also um, from Alameda. Like you're 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 very close. You're from very close to. Yeah, I mean, how long does it take you to drive to the Coliseum? Seven minutes, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, But what uh, I will say is, I my entire family is Giants fans. Oh, that's Uh, right. Yeah, Yeah, uh, your mom is a big Giants fan, right? Like one time, my grandpa, uh, it was some birthday of his. I was very little. It was like 1989. Uh, No, it would have been 91, I think. So I just decided to root for the A's during the. Mm -hmm. Uh, 89 World Series um, because everyone was rooting for the Giants and I was a little asshole, I guess. But also, I right, love... Right, right. Look, if you're a child, I'm sorry, Will Clark's nickname might be The Thrill, but uh, uh-huh. you know who's actually thrilling? Ricky Henderson. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought and, you were going to say. And Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire and Dennis Eckersley. <laughs> like, uh... Well, they're, they're like they were like cartoon characters. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was and, like a team like, built for children to love in the same well, way like, <laughs> Ken Griffey was, I would say. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like there's just in the same way Steph Curry is, honestly. Um, yeah. And uh, Kevin Mitchell is like kind of a beloved folk hero, but with like way too much of an edge. You know, it's like where it's where it's like, hey, he caught that ball right handed. Oh, he burned his tooth eating a donut. But then it's also like he almost beat Daryl Strawberry to death in minor league camp. <laughs> um, and it's like, whoa. Yeah, but <laughs> so like my grandpa one time for his birthday, they hated the A's so much. Someone gave him a gag gift. It was a poster sized uh, team photo of the Oakland A's uh, uh-huh. in the 91 A's. And he, they were all like, ew, gross. And I was like, that's so tight. That's a good present. What? Like, I didn't understand the irony yet. Um, right. But yeah, but for the most part, um, up until interleague play, aside from that World Series, it was kind of like, uh, when would your fandom ever come into conflict? Mm-hmm. Like, occasionally, a middle reliever would pitch for both teams. Sure. You know, 
Ernie Riles was traded for Darren Lewis at one point. Yeah, uh, and then I would say I didn't actually care about the Giants at all until interleague play. And here's what I'm going to mention to Joe from Portland. is Here's yeah. the thing that happens. Is one team in all of these situations is always inevitably richer. Their fan base, uh, I yeah. would say. And so the Giants would come play the A's and... It would be all giant, like snotty asshole Giants fans because A's, there's a long story as to why A's fans don't go to the stadium. But, uh, and it would, they'd be insufferable and they'd be like, oh, it's a Giants home game. And like, they're, uh-huh. it, it would be the worst. And like, especially <laughs> Oakland versus San Francisco. And it's the same with Lakers Clippers. Like, um, look, we said some things about, uh, Clippers season ticket holders this week, and um, we didn't mean Clippers fans don't exist. And in fact, there's just way less of them, and it's probably terrible to be a Clippers fan. Well, just it's just, as it's, it's just, terrible to be an A's fan. Um, I'm honestly. not sure if we stress this enough to just like I've never seen the kind of concentration of fans for like a particular team as Laker fans in LA. Yes. The numbers are just so overwhelming. Uh, and, you know, they had like they had like a 20 year head start and they didn't have a, a weird creepo owner mm-hmm. ruining their reputation for their first 30 years in town, you know. So, right. yeah. Uh, and I would I would also say that the A's Giants dynamic changed quite a bit with the new ballpark, because as much as the Oakland Coliseum has uh, a bad reputation in like the late eighties, the A's were leading. Yes. <laughs> we're yeah. drawing like two and a half million, three million fans. And it, it used was to be a enclosed... great place to watch baseball. Yeah. Yeah. They enclosed <laughs> the stadium for the Warriors, but it was like this beautiful grass it field. For you, the Raiders. And, you said the Warriors. And the Giants. Don't blame the Warriors oh, for sorry, that. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, the Raiders. They did it for the Raiders. The Warriors. God bless them. Just had been shuttled around. They had to play the Cow Palace. They played some home games in San Diego one year. It was not not a proud legacy <laughs> of their homes, but um, yeah, the Oakland Coliseum was beautiful, and the Giants played in like a horrible a, a place stadium, to watch baseball. A stadium they got tricked by a developer. It's like at the side of a cliff that just directed wind directly into it. Um, the guy they lied and said that they were going to put seat warmers underneath like like heaters underneath the seats and then the developer was just like oh they're there just the concrete got poured too thick it's like they were never there mm-hmm. and so <laughs> giants games were like dangerous if you went to a giants dodgers game there's people who who will talk about like oh a D- dodger fan yelled at me or oh that giants fan threw a beer and it's like when the giants and dodgers used to play night games in candlestick park it was like there would be 15 fist fights yeah like, not even in the stands, like, in the beer lines and stuff like that. Candlestick Park was a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it's, like, as bad as the Oakland Coliseum might be now, it's it's still better than Candlestick. Right. Um, but, yeah, basically what happened is uh, when San Francisco got really rich, uh, they built a new baseball, they built a new stadium that's, like, yuppie central. People were fucking mascot hats they're garbage assholes the, pa- the panda hat is like feels like an a's thing honestly <laughs> uh um 
And Pablo Sandoval is like an A at heart. And meanwhile, the A's literally had shit coming out of their toilets, and yeah. we liked it. They're um, the most punk rock team. They're like <laughs> safety pins through their noses because they couldn't afford medicine. Sure is. Sure is. Their owner like the fourth richest owner in baseball? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, he just doesn't give a shit. We're like children. We're like uh, children who were disowned. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, their previous owner was like the owner from Major League. And our dad. Who's like, we can't make the stadium good or else we might draw some fans. <laughs> and our dad is like a Fagin-like character who just keeps adopting street urchins and then selling them for money. <laughs> 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 um honestly honestly like there could be an alienist situation that comes <laughs> up in this very victorian era baseball team but yeah we've talked about baseball for too long um Sorry, yeah but yeah, that's yeah. the problem joe is like no one actually does choose like yeah yeah right i know in the like uh i uh there's you have to choose you just do um and I have chosen just the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> yeah, you've give, you've abandoned baseball entirely. Yeah. Um, was there a question about backup teams? Do we have to? Oh, uh, do you have do you have like a backup basketball team? Do you have a second favorite at all? It kind of depends on guys. I would say um, okay. it changes. So, like, I I actually, you know, I always have... There are certain teams I always sort of have a fondness for who are, like, bad at the same time I was a Warriors fan, right? So, like, the Clippers uh-huh. are one. Um, the Raptors, for sure. But, like, right now, I mean, my second team is probably the Nuggets. I just really like the Nuggets. I like Jokic. You, who would you root for, like, in the playoffs in the 90s? I mean Dirk, Dirk and Nash. Yeah. I liked a lot. I like Dirk and Nash. I rooted for I rooted for the Suns a lot because I uh, yeah I love those. Suns now teams. I was a big KJ fan. But well, I'm uh, the in the nineties nineties. I probably, I mean, I loved I loved Shaq and Penny. Um, I really went hard for that Orlando team. Um, I really loved Penny Hardaway. Um. But then later, you know, it it kind of just depends on the guy. I don't have a go-to, like, that's my second favorite team. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, mm-hmm. I loved, you know, I'll also follow guys I like. So, like, I loved the Steve Nash sons uh, because Jason Richardson was on it in 2010. Uh, I was, like, yeah, yeah. all in on that team because Jason Richardson was there. And I was all in on that Mavericks team because Don Nelson was the coach. Oh, right, um, right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, uh, my second, my currently my second team is uh, Real Madrid. Uh, right. Because <laughs> that's where Anthony Randolph plays. All right. right, we right. Have an, we, that took too long. All right. We have another oh, yes. voicemail. This one comes yeah. from our friend El Hafnero. Hey, guys. This is El Hafnero. First of all, thank you for listening to my voice. I hate my voice. It's terrible. Anyway, my question is something I thought of after listening to you guys talk to Nick the Laker fan on your most recent episode. So I grew up in like suburban D.C. around the time Michael Michael Jordan was a wizard, but no one gave a shit about the Wizards. You were either a Lakers fan or a Kings fan. I was a Lakers bandwagoner when I was in like second grade. I am still ashamed. 
But the point was, like, that was kind of weird in D.C. on the East Coast. But, like, for you guys, it must have been super rough because you were in California. And I'm assuming that people just didn't give a shit about the Warriors, despite them being fun sometimes. So what I want to know from you guys is, what was it like just be in California and the West Coast and everybody wanting to see the Lakers and just no one caring about your team? And if you feel like I'm being mean, I'm sorry. But, like, yeah, it, it's depressing. Bye. Um, that was a very funny, uh, call that shit on our, uh, history. Um, I would say the way Warriors fans reacted on the internet actually has everything you need to know there. When all of a sudden everyone hated their team and then they did not know how to act. Right, because no one ever even thought about the Warriors. Warriors. Like, yeah, like before 2014... Why would you bother? I literally used to tell people I was a Warriors fan, and they'd say, really? Yeah. And that was in the Bay Area. No, it's Um, like it gives you no information, except that, uh, (laughs) like, you you kind of didn't expect good things or know what they were. Um, You've never seen anyone play defense before. Um, But, and then there was also a weird thing where it was like, Around the uh, around, we believe, and then even the glow lasted a little bit longer. Even mm-hmm. there was like this weird pride where people would be like, "Well, you know, the best fans in the NBA are actually the Warriors fans." Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Warriors fans were good, but it it is purely based on that 2007 playoff run. I mean, no they, one was like paying attention in 2004 regular season games. But I mean, they still sold tickets for a team as bad as they were they were always consistently for no reason like a top 15 attendance team (laughs) no i i agree with that i just mean nobody was saying oh right oh yeah for sure because it was like how would you even notice um so what's what's interesting about this is that um when you consider where the clippers are moving to in la Mm -hmm. um arguably it's maybe faster to get from there from from uh where the kings are to where the warriors are than it is to get to where the lakers are the clippers are although driving to sacramento was also a traffic nightmare for the bay but um you know we 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 the, the kings were close enough uh that we could have certainly adopted i them. hated you know, chris weber like, i couldn't as a warrior fan i oh, couldn't you still get hated past it. that i couldn't get past chris weber um, I was um, I was just happy for like my Kings fan friends and I loved Vlade. Well, it was like it was also like, um, you know, they were going against the Lakers. Uh, I mean, I actually, hated the I, Lakers more, but like I had like a blood feud with Chris Webber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I still do I, to I, I this day. Um, I get it. I, I get it. Uh, um, but the difference for me is. Um, so, again, Warriors basically irrelevant, not anyone's rival since the seventies and uh, you know, stuff would happen, but they would always screw it up or trade guys like, (laughs) you know, Chris Mullins stands so tall in the franchise's history Mm -hmm. just because of the wreckage around him. Uh, But also I had a weird situation where I rooted for the Lakers in the eighties because my father hated the Celtics so much mm-hmm. because he's basically like a self-loathing Irish person <laughs> and he hates Notre Dame and he hates the Celtics. Uh, 
And I think it's just to be an iconoclast, basically. Mm-hmm. But also, I found Kevin McHale so scary and gross as a child that, like, I the, I just found... I found Kevin McHale personally so horrifying. And then basically everyone on the team looked weird. And I didn't really know anything about basketball, but I was like, these Lakers are a lot more fun. <laughs> They're... These guys are kind of handsome. Mm-hmm. They're not like mean white giants. And so, uh, but also my dad loathed the Celtics. So like anyone playing the Celtics, I was in on. So that included uh, the Showtime Lakers. Um, yeah, I uh, hated the Lakers because again, I loved Penny Hardaway and I blamed Shaq for penny sort of it doesn't make sense but you're a child you don't really understand you know what i mean Um, well i was hating the lakers by the ninth yeah yeah so i don't remember the showtime lakers really like i remember the bulls playing them kinda in the finals um but i really hated kobe bryant uh mainly and not for the reasons you think Mm-hmm. But mainly because he ruined uh, Antoine Jameson's 50-point game. <laughs> <laughs> Which I oh, think man. explains this question, my saying that, right? Isn't, yeah, that, yeah. isn't that all you need to know? <laughs> that is exactly, like, like that is the definition of super rough. Is It's never being able to enjoy Kobe Bryant, not for the obvious reasons, but because of your loyalty to Antoine Jameson. <laughs> Hey, he had back-to-back 50-point games, man. He did. It was incredible. <laughs> and uh, what did they get for him in trade? Dan Dickow? Nick uh, Van Exel? Nick Van Exel, yeah. Uh, um, Evan Eschemeyer. Uh, <laughs> was Antoine Rigodeau in that deal? I think Antoine Rigodeau was in that deal. <laughs> yeah, I think he was. Uh, Dale Davis, was he in that deal? He was not in that oh, deal. Oh, they trade... They yeah that's right they trade <laughs> they trade Nick Van Exel for Dale Davis who and then gets them Baron Davis Baron Davis that's a weird trade <laughs> I don't know how they got Baron Davis for the stuff they got Baron Davis <laughs> even when it happened like Baron wasn't really good right away because I think everyone was stunned where it was like wait a second this guy's not thirty five it was so. a weird thing because the <laughs> San Jose Sharks traded for Joe Thornton the same day for nothing. Too, <laughs> it was like, oh, I guess, I guess it's just the Barry's turn to like get weird f- franchise players yeah. for free. <laughs> um. Anyway, we need to move on. We're thirty-five yeah, minutes. We've done two Jesus questions. Christ. The season okay. started today. We haven't <laughs> talked about basketball. We've talked about baseball for twenty-five minutes. Um. <sighs> thanks, El Havnero. Yeah, thanks, El Havnero. Um. So, Sean, um, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, oh, I guess this is news. We got to go to the news first. News. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. Michael, our top story, Sean, is not that the season started today. It's uh, that Michael Porter Jr. has a Snapchat account, and uh-huh. on which we know because he helped us dox Adam Silver that one time. Yes, the one it. time the Round Ball Rock Twitter account has been suspended is because Michael Porter Jr. Snapchatted Adam Silver's 
phone uh, number and we posted it on former, Twitter. Former cell phone number. Yeah. But all we did was you're not doxing when you retweet. No, well, we, I, re- we took the screen. We, I, we, we, did we took a screen grab of a Snapchat. <laughs> even, but I don't think we even took the screen. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but anyway, Michael Porter Jr. got on Snapchat this week and said some wild shit about coronavirus. <laughs> um, uh, let's give us what give us what he said, Joey. Is here's my question before we get to this: Is Michael Porter Jr. Is he like the patron saint of Round Ball Rock? Because he has given us more bizarre and delightful stories than basketball games he's played in. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah, he was hustling. He hustled a child For out of 2K. an expensive pair of shoes that was a graduation mm-hmm. gift. Playing 2K in his apartment. Uh-huh. He doxed at, He helped us dox Adam Silver. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. There were all those rumors that he was a uh, MAGA coming into uh-huh. the draft <laughs> um anyway here's what he said on snapchat quote personally i think the coronavirus is being used obviously for a bigger agenda it's being used for population control in just terms of being able to control the masses of people thank you michael i mean uh-huh. because of the virus the whole world is being controlled you're required to wear masks, and who knows what will happen when this vaccine comes out. You might have to have the vaccine in order to travel. Like, that would be crazy. <laughs> I will say that is a possibility, Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> um, here's my question. Is this Michael Porter Jr. acting out just because people have been talking about Bull Bull so much? Yes. Right, that's what this was. It, this is like, uh, like uh, sibling shit. <laughs> uh huh. Now, also, I believe he, I believe he was probably raised in. I wouldn't even say a MAGA family because it, like, whatever is going on with that family, like, predates MAGA. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Like he's twenty two. I don't think this is something that started four years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wonder what. I couldn't I can't really say what the thing is because it's it's like QAnon adjacent. It's like you know? tea party shit, right? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> this is like are they birthers? They're probably birthers, right? <laughs> probably birthers. Probably his dad was like, I don't like how they handled Ruby Ridge. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now now to be fair, I don't like how they handled Ruby Ridge either. That was <laughs> That was that was definitely a whoopsie from the U.S. government. That was terrible, uh, ACAB. Uh, but but I, you know, I, I think I think they're in on all of them. Uh huh. Um. Here's, <laughs> but here's what I'll say about Michael Porter's junior Michael Porter's quotes here. Uh-huh. I don't think Michael Bullock. I don't want to judge how smart a person is. Uh-huh. But I just don't think Michael Porter Jr. realizes that the phrase population control means what he's saying. What that like, is that it's is the buzzword exactly there. Right. Because you see it in a headline, you know, like population control. It's like, oh, he's saying they're killing people on purpose. And yeah. he's like, 
No, man. They're, they're like, using the virus to control <laughs> us. Yeah, and it's like, and it's they're just like making us gotta stay wear inside, <laughs> making us wear masks. <laughs> they're taking pictures of your license plate, man, and it's like, oh well, that's not what that phrase means. Um, this is like, this is just like, oh, this almost feels like it's not even. This particular one does not even feel like it's like necessarily right wing. It's just something that like. Maybe you would be talked out of this in the dorm well, when, when you're hanging did, out in yes, the lounge yes, for two hours. And someone's like, hey, Michael, that doesn't mean that. And he's like, oh. I know? don't have the quote here right now, because, but later in the Snapchat, he said he's been learning a lot of stuff on YouTube. Yeah, that's that's like, it is, it is uh, check out the Rabbit Hole podcast, uh-huh. everybody. But uh, it's very good. Uh, but yeah, like, there are so many beliefs, like terrible beliefs and terrible lives that have been ruined just by YouTube trying to keep people on their site longer. Yeah. <laughs> what we need that. to do here's okay. Here's our goal as Round Rock Pod. Um, okay, at roundrockpod.com. Uh, we need to somehow push Michael Porter Jr. We need to accelerate this and get him to bread tube ASAP. Oh, oh yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So how do we, yeah, we gotta like maybe yeah. maybe everybody send, send him like videos. Yeah, everyone just starts sending him their favorite bread tube videos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the real reason I wanted to talk about this though is because Mike Ballone <laughs> was so afraid of getting cancelled when he was talking about this yeah. today. Well no, no, he was afraid of being a canceler. Well, no, because he's afraid. He's afraid to go either way because he's also. I'll read the quotes. So, (laughs) he was so afraid of like you know the Cronkies. His bosses are like on parlor though. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, oh right, 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 right. That's the thing. He's 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 so afraid of getting called out by free speech Ben Shapiro or whatever. This is this is essentially. Uh, a Brian Windhorst if he was a coach yeah, statement. So Mike, He's afraid of getting aggregated. <laughs> Mike Malone said, obviously I'm not the thought police. <laughs> yeah, because he looks like he's in the actual police. We've seen. <laughs> Although, actually, after after uh, the after uh, sheltering in place, he does not look as much like a cop. Mm-hmm. Wait, I mean, he grew his hair out. Smart move. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> now he's just a narc. Um. Obviously, I'm not the thought police. I'm not going to tell any of our players what they can and can't say. <laughs> All I would say is just be sensitive to the current situation in our country and throughout the world in regards to coronavirus. Michael Porter and any other player on our roster. They're entitled to their opinions and ability to have free speech. Please do not cancel me. He's so afraid of getting Daryl Morried. Uh-huh. Uh, and <laughs> uh, and they're, to have free speech, and I will respect that as long as it doesn't become a distraction. <laughs> what uh-huh. Michael stated, being around our players this morning at breakfast and practice, has not become a distraction at all. Yeah, QAnon's by sneakers, too. <laughs> um... Yeah, he's he doesn't want to get named in the next Harper's letter. <laughs> exactly. Michael Porter Jr. is deathly afraid. I mean, Michael Mike Malone is deathly death, he's going to sign Bill Simmons sports Harper's letter that we're going to that we're uh, yeah, yeah. that we heard and, him and, pitching and, a few episodes ago. You know, and and you know, the 
the Nuggets are going to need some new executives after those guys left for the Bulls. Barry Weiss, mm-hmm. she, <laughs> she's unemployed. Um, all right. Our friend John Sullivan asked us a question about this, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, who else is Michael Porter Jr. getting to join his anti-COVID pod? You know, the opposite of the Nate Duncan podcast. Right, right. Um, obviously, Kyrie and Dwight are the other charter members. Uh, Dwight, for sure. I would argue that Kyrie is out. Yeah, because it's he... Dwight. It's only Dwight. Kyrie gave, like, a ton of COVID masks to the Standing Rock Sioux. He got, he, he got, he's had it. Kyrie had it. Didn't he? Well, didn't, no, KD oh, had it. But no. his best friend had it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, he ga- and he gave all this, he, he gave like like hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. to food charities. He's, uh, this is one where Kyrie's okay. Yeah. No, Kyrie uh, is, look, anything relatively right wing, unless, look, there might be some Steven Jackson-y stuff I could see him accidentally falling into, but yeah, yeah. Uh, anything remotely right wing, Kyrie's out on. Kyrie is like, uh, he's a questioner. Yeah, but also his questions go left. You know what I mean? Yeah, not yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kyrie, Kyrie is like not a bigot. Kyrie wants to join a food. He wants. He said his dream was to start a commune. Yeah, no, he's like he's like a hippie in a way that we just haven't really seen before. People understood what kind of hippie Bill Walton was, mm-hmm. but Kyrie is like this very internet affected um Look, possibly possible. Yeah. He's guys I knew in college who um with the with too much internet. Like yeah. weird like Hippies who like in listen to infected mushroom but also watched loose change. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. blacklight posters, but also uh uh-huh. loose change. <laughs> yeah. And if they're gonna if they're gonna make the um COVID truther version of the starters, I do think Andrew Bogut could be their Lee Ellis. <laughs> Um, all right, do you want to talk about the games tonight and then get out yeah, of here? Yeah, let's talk about the games. Let's talk about the um, games. We watched both games. Uh, how do yep. you feel watching basketball again, Sean? Uh, it was cool. It was weird because um, I know it was a really big deal and everything was back. But I was just like, especially because the, the first game was Jazz Pelicans. And uh, I I really don't find, like, the Zion Free Pelicans, I don't find very compelling even though i like the individual players it's like i thought that but then watching brandon ingram tonight i was like fuck brandon ingram's tight as hell (laughs) there's a lot of like there's a lot of dudes that are tight as hell but it's just the entire season there is a just lack of urgency organizationally and just like they've they've played 10 or 11 guys all season which is cool it just isn't a good formula for winning basketball games. Yeah, and yet my guy Kenrich Williams still can't see the court. I know. I love him. Well, well, each one more. Eight <laughs> points plus three. Um, uh, what do you think about... Do you, how mad is Adam Silver that their big flagship opening game uh-huh. had Zion playing 15 minutes? Yeah. Uh... He was also negative sixteen. His uh, 
it the the favors Williamson combination down low was not protecting the rim particularly. I, well. I felt like no one was protecting the rim in this game at all. <laughs> like I thought, and then I was like, oh, defenses are just going to be way behind. Like, but then the Lakers game, it was like, oh, actually, these guys are protecting the rim. It was just Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert who just decided they didn't want to protect the rim that much <laughs> i uh i placed my first sports wager in in i think of 2020 mm-hmm. and i bet the under in this game and uh it easily came through hell yeah dude so so thank you um what do you think of stan van and ian i kind of liked it i mean I stan van is like i, stan I actually is like, legit thought they were good I mean, Stan Van is, like, still getting... I mean, Ian Eagle is... I don't know if he's the best play-by-play guy, but he's, like, funny. the most... Well, he's yeah. not the best play-by-play guy because of... What What, what do you say? He's funny. Um, oh, wait, he yeah. rules. He rules. Yeah. I just think Kevin Harlan is the best announcer of sports anywhere. Yeah. Well, and then sport. I think Breen is better than Eagle, too. When Breen, We're just so used to being mad at Breen because he's... Tied to two anchors, he's got two anchors on the on his fucking feet. Yeah, dragging. But I will. Down. Yeah, <laughs> but I I will say that the thing that that I really enjoy Eagle and Eagle makes his broadcast partners look better than any other play by play guy does. Uh, like he he spent the entire year throwing lobs to Richard Jefferson. Uh, it's it's like it's great because I think Stan Van is going to be good at it. He's like a good Van Gundy in a broadcast booth. It's crazy. Yeah. And he's like like a hardcore leftist. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, That's, that's also amazing. Instead of like a hardcore Jeff Van Gundy's like the baseball crank. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like if you asked him, like he's, he's sort of left ish, but then you're, you ask him like tough questions about, and you realize like, Oh, this guy probably posted on next door a bunch this week. He has like (laughs) a lot of thoughts about like, like homeowners associations and zoning. Yeah, but but Stan Van Gundy is—he's like a is, guy who like votes for uh the who, who like votes for Kucinich but hates the governor of his state. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stan Van Gundy's uh yeah, Stan Van Gundy's like uh well, I mean, I would just say that Stan Van Gundy, when his job was not particularly secure, talked in an interview about how coaching for <laughs> coaching in in Detroit made him sick because the people of Michigan because uh, Trump had gotten Michigan's electoral votes, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, I just can't stand the sight of these fans. I love that. That does not exist anywhere in uh, the basketball. Yeah, and I landscape. believe he and um, wasn't it just he and D'Antoni who gave money to Bernie? <laughs> When we looked it up on Open Secrets, I think so. I think that's right. I mean, I mean, Stephen Gundy is way more extreme than anyone. Like, the, like the Kerr Popovich ticket, like the DNC would be like running attack ads against Stan Van. Um, read also read our friend Katie Heindel's uh uh interview with Stan Van. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um. um Oh, also, Patient Zero scored the first and last points of the game. That they was very poetic. They did that poetic. on fucking purpose, though. Oh, they that was so well, I mean, fucking good. That was game, gross, sure. dude. Like, I honestly think that <laughs> was Adam it. Silver's idea. Like, they were like... It's like the most, like, fucking veep idea ever. Like, <laughs> here's an idea. Just spitball in here. Uh, what if... 
Rudy scores the first basket in the bubble. That's a great idea, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can we talk about how... Okay, so basically in this game... the Jazz starters were way better than the Pelican starters, and the Pelicans bench was way better. Mm-hmm. But the Jazz starters played like slightly more minutes. Yeah, and I mean, re- Bernard Ingram almost won the game at the end. Really fun, good game. Uh, yeah, yeah. Though. Ingram's everybody, was really fun. To watch. Was fun. Lonzo. I was complaining was about fun. Rudy Gobert's uh, defense earlier, but his offense was actually great. And oh, and I should also that say is the this. last Donovan nice thing I'll say about the Jazz. Uh, Donovan. This season. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Donovan Mitchell was super fun to watch too. I, I should say that for the record. We want we got to be fair on this podcast. Um, I I it, you know it really did make me wish that the Jazz had Bullion though because you know what, you know what? Uh, there's one Jazz thing I want to point out though. Yeah, Joe Ingles. Uh huh. I actually really love Joe Ingles. I think he's like uh-huh. a funny character. He's really good at basketball. I love Joe. Ingles. Uh-huh. I love watching Joe. No Ingles one, looks, play. no one looks like him in the whole league. Uh, well, except Bojan, I guess. You had to look like that and choose the ally jersey. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh huh. Like, oh, they they wouldn't let you uh put Obama third time on the back right, of your jersey. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm. Again, I tend to give people who are not American a bit of a pass. I understand why he thought Ally was a good idea, sure. but just just Black Lives Matter. Yeah, you're white. Black Lives Matter is the mm-hmm. one you choose. Just choose that one. It's uh, fine. What was JJ Reddick's? It was like um, it was like a, podcast reform. No, right? it, it, it was uh, <laughs> let my wife take over the charter school. Right? Uh-huh. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah, that's the education reform he wants. Wants back in. Come on, Brooklyn! Don't read. Don't read anything about this on the internet. Um, uh, uh, I hate the fake fans. I should mention. Hate yeah. the fake fans. Uh, stop it! Show oh, something awful. else. Show I something else. Anything else? Not those fake fans. The crab I hate noise it. I found totally innocuous, though. The crab noise I think is good, actually. Yeah, because it it's like, not they... cheers; it's just like ambient crowd talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. like game ops, I think it's pretty good, actually. So yeah, yeah. good it's job like, NBA Two like... K doing one thing right in your entire <laughs> fucking existence. <laughs> uh, yeah, the. I also thought Stan Van, I, I don't think I had seen him in, like, a suit that I could remember. And he looked great. He was he really pumped did. he didn't get to wear a tie. He didn't have to wear a tie. But he said he, he was jealous the coaches yeah. could wear polos. <laughs> it, it, it looked great. He looked really happy, too. I, did, uh, I love Stan Van Gundy. Can I talk about those coach name tags real quick, Oh, though? yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> uh, so the coaches are wearing big signs on them that say... Uh, racial inequality like we stand for racial what is it what does it say it's uh doesn't it say racial equality racial equality not yeah. inequality obviously um <laughs> they look insane uh like they look bad they're like there's no design to them it looks like they're wearing hi my name is name tags and then someone wrote in big block letters <laughs> racial equality I mean, um, the the thing that I really feel like uh, the the quality we're really seeing is the authority of an NBA head coach just being lowered to like 
PE teachers. Yeah, they, they look like, like PE Vogel teachers, especially that. Yeah, that coach outfit looked like shit with the name tag. Oh, or you the said patch his name. I gotta play it. What's up, Lakers fans? Coach Frank Vogel here. I mean, I guess we were gonna say it anyway. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that brings us to the second game. Unless, is there anything you want to mention about Lonzo or something? Um. No, he his defense was great, and you know he missed a lot of shots. It was like a it was yeah. like an ultra Lonzo. Yeah, game. Lonzo was fun. Um. Oh yeah, but also um, what was that minutes restriction, Zion? I mean, put him in at the end he of the hasn't game. Practiced. Look. Uh... <laughs> I mean, Ingram did fine handling the ball. It's yeah. just like. Come on. But two extra minutes, the final he can't play the final two minutes. I mean, according to Gentry, they the he tried to put him back in and they wouldn't let him. They said they used his minutes. Who who said that? Alvin Gentry. No, but I mean no, oh, but I mean the, who st- told the him? staff. The fucking Phoenix the, the Adrian Griffin. The told Phoenix them that? expat I mean, medical sorry, uh, staff that the David Griffin's Phoenix super Griffin, medical sorry. staff they brought David. in. Um, Man, which, by the way, never forget, Rick Celebrini was on that famous Phoenix Suns medical staff uh, <laughs> as Kevin Durant. How good they are. All right. Uh, right. Good oh, he is. Bam. Zing. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. Uh, uh, Lakers Clippers. I found this game to be incredibly boring, even though the two best players in the NBA not named Giannis were playing in it. Uh, the only parts I were excited about were t- when Dion Waiters was on the court. <laughs> Uh, that is a Warriors fan ass answer. Uh, I like that Dwight Howard was terrible and my mom was horrified by him. I do want to mention that my mom also um, could not stop talking about how handsome Anthony Davis was. Uh, Reggie Miller would not stop talking about how Anthony Davis got poked in the eye three days ago. Three days ago. And they kept showing the clip and I, I it, like they showed the clip more than once. And so the second time they did it, I was like, oh, he got poked in the eye again? Yeah. Man, Reggie made a big deal out of it. Is he? And then he was just back in the game. And No, Reggie so would st- not stop talking about how Anthony Davis got poked in the eye. Uh, the Lakers looked really bad for three quarters. Um, well, yeah, LeBron James, 6 of 19 with five turnovers. Joey, is he done? No. Is he washed up? <laughs> what I will uh, I say do- is, look, LeBron... Why did you dye your your beard jet black, man? Yeah, that sucked. With a gray beard, he would have been unstoppable. He had a gray beard a day ago. Everyone saw like, it. Everyone has like, seen his big gray beard for three weeks. Oh, TNT also was getting a shot of LeBron right before the game, and he was tying his shoes, and they accidentally just had this, like, long zooming in shot of his very bald top of the head, and mm-hmm. then, like, clearly someone was like, cut away, cut away, don't embarrass him. But yeah, like, LeBron, even though we've all seen how gray your beard was for the last two weeks, like, straight up, it had, like, it's so Clyde Frazier just for, but it was, it was poorly dyed, too. It was, like, <laughs> Clyde Frazier just for men. <laughs> oh, man. I want to see LeBron do that ad. I want him to embrace yeah. Shaq's. Just endorse everything mentality. By the way, Shaq is now in a Frosted Flakes commercial, <laughs> arguing with Tony the Tiger. He's cheating on the general with another animated character. Um, 
So I'll, I just want to give you this one stat, Joey. Uh, Dion Waiters, mm-hmm. 11 points, plus 17. Uh-huh, Danny yeah. Green. Oh, is that what Warriors ass shit, dude? No. No. Dion Danny Waiters Green, is a winner, minus, baby. Well, well, you only caring about when oh, De- yeah, Dion yeah. Waiters yeah, yeah. is in the game. <laughs> um, but Danny Green was negative 17. Who should really be starting at two guard, Joey? Dion- okay, Dion, look. Obviously Dion Waiters. No. Danny Green should be starting at two guard. Deion Waiters should be starting at point guard, baby. Hell yeah. Oh, move, I love it, Joey. Move LeBron to the four. Uh-huh. No, you know what? Here's no, actually LeBron what I want to see. No, I want LeBron at the four. I want Davis at the five. I want J.R. Smith at the three. I oh, want he's... Danny Green at the two, and I want Waiters at the one, baby. I I do not think <clears throat> J.R. Smith has a lot left, Joey. <laughs> I don't care. It's what I want to see, baby. Do it. Hey, what's up, Lakers fans? Play the fun lineup. <laughs> uh, uh, one more thing. Um, Paul George made six threes, but at the end of the game, it was uh, it was Gatorade time, Joey. It's funny. I was thinking about this. I was like, you know, maybe... <laughs> maybe it's the fans that make him nervous. Maybe we'll see some game winners from him. In the bubble, but uh, no, not tonight. Uh, can we talk about his nickname real quickly? Just because someone brought it up in the popping off Discord. PG thirteen. PG thirteen. Uh-huh. A terrible nickname. Yeah. Um. You so know, every a- PG thirteen yeah. movie would be better if it were rated R. Yeah, PG thirteen. <laughs> I used to use that as a guide to whether to see a movie in the theater or not. If it was like. You know, what's PG-13 that is better than being an R? I mean, like, early PG-13 movies are just straight-up R's. Like, <laughs> how is Temple of Doom a PG-13 movie? A man's heart is ripped out of his chest. And they're like, well, that, that's not too bad. That's so bad. Um, <laughs> Gremlins also, is another early PG-13 movie, I believe. Well, that's right. Yeah, but clear R. Absolute <laughs> clear R. Um, <laughs> oh, Red Dawn is one of the first PG-13 movies. You know what I'm going to say? PG-13, Red Dawn would be better if it were rated R. It doesn't yeah. fit really the 80s PG-13. Uh, well, you know what they had to cut because of the PG-13 and the R? What? There's like a... Nudity? <laughs> no, there's, well, <laughs> I don't know if there's nudity, but there's like a love scene between Powers Booth and a teenager mm. that they had to cut. Ooh. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then and like the studio was just like like they I think they it made it to a test screening and the audience was like, Wow, how old is she? Cause he's like a veteran helicopter pilot or something. Anyway, um Dwight Howard loved that scene, by the way. Um But PG thirteen, first of all, Paul George's number didn't used to be thirteen. Right. Bill Simmons it was gave number him the 10. nickname. Never forget. <sighs> this a is man so with- he's this is an open mic night. You got to come uh-huh. up with great names like PG-13. <laughs> and he he basically made Paul George's life into a Celtic chant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can smell it. PG-13. <laughs> um, it's terrible. And I, I feel like it is holding him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's it's because because it's such a common nickname. You call him that because it is his nickname. But. It just feels so shitty to say that. You know, it what? doesn't describe also, him at all. It's also not easier to say than Paul George. No, it's much harder to say. 
it's too, it's a nickname that doubles the amount of syllables. It's like if someone's name was Mr. White and you called them Mr. W. You know what I mean? Like it's George. Like George is a perfectly fine thing to call him. Oh, I hate it. It doesn't describe him, and it's like. Well, it actually does describe him now when no, you're like, you know what? You don't want to call him that... George either. He's one of those people you say his whole name, like yeah, Joe Paul Johnson. George. It's Paul George. Yeah. Paul George. He doesn't well, actually, need a yeah. nickname. I was just thinking about how annoying it is when Bill Simmons used to only refer to Chris Paul as Chris. Yeah. Same deal. He's Chris Paul. Yeah. Or just say Chris CP3 is not actually oh. bad. No, that's good. Well, also because it's it was it's been his number forever and it. Like rhymes, PG thirteen is like a cheer. Hey, uh, let's say I, I got an idea for you, Paul. Okay, PG thirteen's not working out for you as a name. What about this for a nickname? What if we call you Ringo John? <laughs> you know, like the Beatles, like uh, you Ringo John. Um. <sighs> All right, are we done? Yeah, we're done. Uh, we're done. Actually, no, wait. There is one. Oh. There's an actual important story I want to mention oh, yeah, here yeah, real quick. Yeah. Uh, the NBA academies in China were abusing their players. Uh-huh. And uh, what do you have to say about that, Sean? This league! And I have to say, and what I have to say is, China is a problem. Smoke <laughs> smoke coming out of its mouth uh, emoji. <laughs> um, NBA Twitter is still undefeated, Joey. Uh, uh, yeah, that's fucking gross. Uh, Terrible. It's ridiculous. Uh, how do they even have one of the... They have two open. Yeah. Uh, uh, they were, like, uh, kicking players. Also, same day that came out. I don't know if you uh-huh. saw. Uh, Mark Cuban... Um, he covered up, covered up a, his big atonement. Yeah, Mavs are still evil. Yeah, so never forget. Who never forget. Um, the players are woke. The league is not because billionaires yeah. are fucking bad. It's just my point. Um, I'm just glad that Mark Cuban did not get an Emmy nomination for Shark. Yeah, this Barbara Corcoran did. All right. <laughs> um, Sean, what do you want to plug? Uh, come check out roundballrock.net roundballrock.net for all your basketball writing needs Um, and then as for me you can always follow me on twitter at Frankie Muniz where uh, on May 13th I tweeted damn I left my Creed CD in my wife's car Uh, did you write a song Sean I did I did this is a car song about uh, the injured Brooklyn Nets and it's called uh, Drive, parentheses, The Lane. Uh, great. Um, trust yeah. the process. Trust the process. And uh, shut it down. Let's all uh, never forget the billionaires are bad, but basketball is good. Even though uh, we're all conflicted about the bubble, it was nice to have games tonight. <laughs> ow, ow, ow. Who's going to tell you the earth's not so round? Who's going to shove Joe Harris to get a rebound? I can't believe 
the Nets are getting the eighth seed. Who's gonna drive the lane tonight? Who's gonna yell at teams on Instagram? Who's gonna sell me coins in the scam? Who's gonna pay attention to numerology? Getting a tetanus shot for David Lee. It might be hard when Tyler Johnson's your point guard. Oh, oh. Who's gonna drive the lane tonight? You know it's a tough one for Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving hurt his shoulder hanging a dream catcher at the Barclays Center. Kevin Durant got COVID from sharing DeAndre Jordan's straw. Spencer Dinwiddie got a computer virus. And Wilson Chandler can't be in the bubble because his teeth are poisonous. Who's gonna build his own solar house? Who's gonna yell and scream at Ethan Strauss? Everyone's heard you leaning on Karis Oh, Who's gonna drive the lane tonight? You know it's a sin You don't still have Jeremy Lin Who's gonna drive the lane Tonight Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.